Hello and welcome to episode 60 of the What We've Watched podcast. My name is Chris. This is Emmett. And this week we're doing our top five films of the 1960s. Uh, yeah, so on these uh, episode, th- these ought episodes, I guess. I can't remember yeah. what the term is for that. Uh, like we tens. always do the, uh, <laughs> for those who don't know, uh, we do uh, a top five of that decade. Yes. Uh, we've done 40s and 50s already, mm-hmm. and uh, now we're going to be doing the 60s. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so 60s. Yeah, so uh, like what, just very briefly, what would be your kind of general view or your general kind of approach on this decade well because again we're still in that period before like where it's all retroactively getting interested in things exactly before Before our time yeah 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 so Um, we're still kind of in that period uh, the 60s are one of those like it's where i like a lot of films from the 60s and i forget that they're 60s films Mm -hmm. like it's sort of this like oh that was from the 60s oh huh okay uh, like it's uh i feel there's like there are certain films that are very um like identifiable as this took place in the 60s it has a lot of like sort of the tropes of the 60s but a lot of i feel a lot of the more well-known like big 60s films are a bit more um there's sort of like there's a lot of left over 50 stuff there's some like Stuff that, like, we kind of remember more as 70s stuff, but actually started in the 60s. Uh, and there's a lot of, um, it seems to be a good era for more or less, I want to say, uh, sort of time-free films. Where, like, this film could have been done in the 50s, could have been done in the 60s, could have been done in the 70s. It's not a, like, oh, well, that's clearly a 60s film, 60s film. Right. Uh, just from the stuff that, like, the like my list of about mm-hmm. my... Because I, I was originally like, oh, the 60s, I'm not going to have much for that. And then like, oh, 25 films later on my list, I was like, oh, okay, right, I forgot So all these films are 60s. Yeah, <laughs> all right, well, that's, that's, that's interesting because my view sort of ties into yours a little mm. bit because I feel like um, the 60s were a real transitionary period. Yeah, that's a, that's a good word for it, yeah. yeah sort yeah. of caught between the 50s and yeah. the 70s. Yeah. And it was sort of like the 50s was sort of the peak of kind of uh how films were done up to that point Mm -hmm. and then the 70s was kind of a totally new thing well not totally new obviously Mm -hmm. but but like a very new approach and a new kind of yeah new stuff was a new new era and then the 60s were kind of caught in between and there and in typical kind of um film industry fashion as much as i love film uh they're very slow to kind of like catch on to societal trends and like changes and stuff uh compared to say music right Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. music in the 60s was very changed very fast and was very revolutionary Mm -hmm. and like all the sort of like you know kind of crazy like the 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 look going from the beginning of the 60s (laughs) to the end of the 60s or even to the middle of the 60s and how much Mm -hmm. change was in there with music and stuff like that and 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 how much of the sort of like classic things was established and with movies 
it's just slower. It was it was yeah. like they kind of took the whole time to just transition. Well, it, it is very much the reverse. Like you can definitely tell. Like oh, that's a song from the '60s versus movies from the '60s are a little more nebulous because they yeah. don't have that. Like and I think again that late to the the show. Yeah. Unlike, I mean, I guess maybe modern movies. And I think we because do that of that, now, but I think because of that, um, although there are some really amazing stuff from the 60s and there's some stuff that I really really love and we're going to talk about some stuff mm-hmm. here um, I think overall it's a little bit weaker mm-hmm. than the 50s or the 70s just because it's less focused it doesn't really quite know what it is yeah. whereas like the 50s it seemed like they really kind of had perfected the approach that, that had sort of existed up to that point and then the 70s was kind of like a new sort of thing that was like really fresh and exciting and cool and and the 60s was kind of like Eh, we don't really know exactly what we're doing here. We're figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the way I sort of see it. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, no, that, that definitely seems to be. Um, it's It was uh, a real great time for, like, some, um, like, there's lots of great, like, when we did our top five, uh, episode 50 of the 50s, uh, but the 60s, definitely, there was some definite, um, like, Maybe because it's almost like progenitor films in the '60s that set off like the next thirty years of filmmaking in a in in like following that. People go back and go, oh, like where did this start? Oh, with this or that film mm-hmm. from the '60s. Yeah. Uh, and again, like probably part of that is from that transitionary where they were really making like a, an attempt to change how filming was done from the '50s and. You know, especially towards the later '60s. You know, that's why it blends in a bit with the '70s. Uh, you get you get some of these films that are very like benchmark films. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, but I think that a lot of times, like while they should be credited as kind of like getting it going, yeah. I think in the '70s they were kind of surpassed a lot of the times with the things that mm. kind of picked up mm-hmm. from them. Mm-hmm. Just my You're opinion, like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. No, no, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Like it's sort of the the they're not necessarily the best like, film of that yeah, type. Like they, they, but they, the... they sort of got a start to yeah, certain yeah, things, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, then other yeah. people came in and were just like, okay, we can build on that. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. This sort so, of a, a little bit of a foundation for some changes in how film yeah, and, and okay. even just genre I could stuff. Agree, I could agree even with even that. just genre stuff. Um yeah. so yeah. before we start the list, um I just have like one really, really quick thing that I want to okay. get out of the way. Uh it's kind of like a pre list special honorable mention kind of thing um just because uh well okay basically it's well established that um on on this podcast and and with of your knowledge Mm um i'm a big fan of the bond films yes um problem is and obviously the 60s was a big time for them that's when they started mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they made one like almost every year oh yeah in the 60s um until towards the end um when they started to take bond a couple of years in between but basically there's a lot of them mm-hmm. and i sort of was like well you know do i try to like put some bond a bond film on the list or you know what what do i choose and at one point, I thought maybe I would kind of take a bit of a cue from what you did on the 40s list, where you oh. had the Road 2 movies, and you were just like, well, I'll you just put say them Bond all together. You movies I'll just from put this them all era. together. And so I was thinking, like, oh, maybe I can just have one selection be just, like, all the Bond movies from the 60s. But I didn't really want to do that, and I felt like... We'll have to do a top five Bond films at some point. Sure. I, I mean, mean, there's, like, 24 yeah, of them or whatever. It's, 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 but, you know. <laughs> but, like... So, in the end, I was just like, okay, 
I'll just make them kind of like a special honorable mm. mention. I'll just quickly get out of the way. Yes, I am a fan of the Bond films, yeah. but I don't know that any of them would really rank higher than a four or maybe a three at the highest on yeah. on this list. And put, putting them in would require dropping other things that I really want to include. Fair enough. Individual yeah. things. Um, and it's just really hard to sort of really pick like what's which ones because they kind of all blend together like they're they're just, it it's more about oh, they're so it, i mean it's more about the series as a yeah, whole yeah. in 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 that you know every year or two oh yeah it's another bond movie and you just yeah. get in and it's almost like a a, a tv show yeah. in movie form you know you just you just want to go back and see more bond even if one might not be as good as another as another um so <laughs> now now i want one night in bangkok Changed to one night in James Bond, and one Bond is very like another. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so, I mean, 1962, Dr. No, 1963, mm-hmm. From Russia With Love, 1964, mm-hmm. Goldfinger, 1965, Thunderball, yeah. 1967, uh, uh, <laughs> You Only Live Twice, well, you only live twice. and 1969, Her Majesty's Secret Service. Service. Yeah. So, you know, they're all, they all have something interesting to offer. Um, even like, I think You Only Live Twice is definitely the worst of the 60s Bonds. Uh, yeah. But even then... I think it's widely... Even then, <laughs> it has a great theme yeah. song. It has one of the best Bond theme songs. Uh, and it has some really iconic moments. So, it's like, it, you know, I was just like, best to just put it aside. It yeah. is what it is. Just give give it a sort of an honorable special mention, but... Yeah, Bond films. Yeah, that's right. that's a right. separate thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, we'll move on from that. We'll right. go on to the list. Uh... Is it my go to go first? Um, I think isn't this the ones where? Wait, yes, it is. It is my go. Because we switched for the second for year two. Year two. That's right. It is. So it's you. So apropos of what you just said, okay. My number five Mm -hmm. on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, okay, cool, cool. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I've always said like that probably is the best one if it just wasn't for the fact that having a weaker actor. I have. I had. I have odd feelings, kind of like both ways on that. I personally think mm-hmm. Thunderball is the best Bond film from that era. Yeah. But I enjoy On Her Majesty's Secret Service okay. more. Yeah, I... Sorry. And I think part of it is because I saw it... Because I didn't see them in order. Mm-hmm. I saw it kind of after I saw like all the Sean Connery ones, after I saw all the Roger Moore ones. Right. And it was... I mean, even at the time, this was sort of the... The, 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 the how it was promoted it was so different yeah. than those other Bond films at the time yeah. uh, I mean what with the one-off Bond and a, just a lot of how the I mean it's super accurate to the book mm-hmm. which was very not the case at the time yeah um, and uh, George Lazenby being quite a different kind of Bond uh, and something about it I just find it um, it's like, kind of like a it's like the refreshing Bond yeah. in a way and, I agree. Yeah. I just think that if he's been a better actor, that that was sort made, of the problem. It would have made it better like, overall. But he, I didn't that's mind the only... him as like I liked him as Bond. Yeah, physically, but he was just a kind of a poor. Yeah, physically, not a poor actor, but just he, well, he wasn't suited. A, he wasn't yeah, suited. He to wasn't it, suited to the role uh, yeah. acting wise because yeah. you know they found him doing like commercials. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. I mean, hey, everyone's got to yeah. get a start somewhere. Yeah. But to go from like commercials in Australia. Yeah. Which is like a limited audience ah, to suddenly a... catapult into one of the most famous <laughs> roles yeah. worldwide. Yeah. You know, it would be like a total unknown becoming mm-hmm. Doctor Who or something. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I don't, 
envy. Like, obviously, it was a very difficult position to be in. Yeah. He gave it his best, yeah. Yeah. and he just... He was the one who mainly chose not to continue because yeah. he was just kind of overwhelmed. Like, this was with, not... Yeah, like, he it knew, was just too much. That was tough for him. And, um, also, the, the director of this film, uh, Peter Hunt, mm-hmm. was... It was also the... This is like... This Bond, this Bond film, completely new. It's the only Bond film that he directed. It's the only Bond film George Lazenby was in. Yeah. And there's a bunch of other, like... This film really... It's almost like... It's not a Bond film. It's like, we like Bond films. We're going to make a film like Bond films. Oops, we accidentally named our, our main character James Bond. Well, <laughs> except know? for the fact that it is, like you well, say, it it's the most, the it's probably one of the most faithful, faithful to the book of But of in all terms of, of like the five the films Bond. that came before it, yeah, it is true. really like it's a Bond alike yeah. more than a but, Bond but film. As a and Bond... actually, the, the, the 70s films yeah. are again, you know after this because yeah. George Lazenby did it because Sean Connery didn't want to do it anymore right and I mean he ended up coming back but yeah he came back uh, for Dimes Forever I'm yeah. sure they probably gave, offered him a lot of money oh, and stuff yeah, yeah. Um, um, they were in yeah. a bit of a pickle because when Lazenby decided not to continue uh, and Roger Moore still wasn't available, available because Roger yeah. Moore kept doing TV series yeah. and getting yeah. locked in um, so every which time which led to a whole other problem later on every, every time they had <laughs> access to him yeah or every time that they had a chance to get him, mm-hmm. they didn't have access to him because yeah. he was busy with something else. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they were kind of stuck, and they were just like, well... So, yeah, they, they managed to make a deal to get Connery back, but unfortunately, I mean, they got him back, but it was yeah, a yeah. bit of a week. Yeah. But, uh, you is, know, that's a whole different discussion. Josh, but, uh, but I do I do completely agree with like, the, the, the preamble yeah. you gave about, like, it, this is... In many ways, my favorite era of Bond films, like yeah. these, these, the initial, that initial '60s run, yeah. like it's definitely like I can't say that about like oh, there's another run that I really well, like. They, it's they, like I like one here and there, yeah. uh, like even the more recent ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the I agree. yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, who's the the current Bond? Daniel uh, Daniel, Daniel Like it's a good run. I really enjoy it, but it's so different from like yeah. what I think of as classic Bond. Yeah, and I guess it's one of those like. I watched a lot of Bond movies when I was like ten, right? So, and it was like these ones. It was the Sean Connery ones. It was like the like the, Some of the more Moore. or less the Roger Moore ones. Yeah, uh, like that in my mind sort of set what Bond was. And right. so later on, I was like, oh yeah, you know these ones aren't bad. Pierce Brosnan, not bad. Mm-hmm. He's no Sean Connery, even though those films, like even tonally, are so you know different. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, I mean, the thing about the 60s ones, like I, I was trying to sort of say mm-hmm. when I was talking about it a moment ago, is that, like, they all kind of have something going for them mm-hmm. that sort of is different. Like, mm-hmm. that you know, they always, it's always just like, oh, this one has, like, a good, really good storyline, but maybe not as good, like, action, or yeah. this one has, like, like I, I don't really like Thunderball very much in oh, terms really? of story-wise oh, and stuff wow. like that, but it has some of the best like dialogue in terms of like the bond ass yeah yeah like yeah. the quips and stuff and, and the action it has my is favorite amazing. it has my favorite bond one liner where he shoots the guy with the spear gun yeah, and he yeah. goes i think he got the point yeah yeah that's, that's my good, favorite that's, so good, yeah. that's my all-time favorite bond one liner yeah. um and that's from thunderball but i don't really like thunderball because of the story oh yeah, yeah fair um enough. and then like honor majesty's secret service i think probably would be the best overall but i just don't think that george lesenby was a very good actor in it yeah um so, 
you know, they all kind of have something yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of plus and minus. Yeah, and yeah. so, like, they're all kind of good in their own way. And so it just it was just too difficult for me to pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, no so it's I, good. I, I, so I, I, I like, like that you address just, it like that. Because I was like, I was like. It's like, oh, we'll just leave which, it. Which I guess will lead to uh, now it, that I. Gun to my head, if I someone said you have to pick, <laughs> I would I would go with Honor Majesty's Service. Right. I would oh, agree right. with you. Oh, okay, cool. But. I just, um, my reservation is the fact that, like, George oh, Lazenby, it's too yeah. bad there wasn't a better actor, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. but... Uh, it, interestingly, though, I don't know if, like, Chase Sean Connery had done this one. Being that it was so different from the other ones, like, would it have been the same? Would they have no. just veered away from... No, I'm not saying that yeah, yeah, yeah. Connery should have done it. I'm no, just yeah. saying it's that slightly different, if they had yeah. had somebody that was just a little more... Had a little mm. bit more acting chops... Um, so, uh, going with your, 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 what you said before, and this being my number five, yeah. uh, like, I knew, okay, obviously you don't have any Bond on your list. Right. Um, n- now we can just ask, them just before you get into your five, crossover. Any? Oh, um, probably not much. Probably, I'm, I'm thinking zero this week. We have week. pretty divergent. Yeah. Uh... I'm, I'm thinking this top five will be zero, um, but I, I have a feeling you, mu- you might surprise me with one. Uh, uh, you're gonna some like it hot me or uh, what was you know was it wasn't it was not uh, some like it hot uh, it was um, like that. it was uh, singing in the rain me oh yeah 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 I, uh, yeah yeah, I, yeah. Who, no but that's who great. knows it's possible yeah all right There's, so yeah so that's my five is on Her Majesty's Secret Service James Bond 1969 all right so for my list um I try to kind of like you know go with distinct sort of genre themes in terms of um having kind of like a different genre for each one. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah you know, that's good. I, I like to try to cover a wide range. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I tried to cover a wide range from the early part of the decade and to the later part mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and cover a wide range of genres. Um, yeah, and, and and then I have like some, uh, much as my with my last list, I have like some themed sort of runner-ups oh, at yeah, the end cool, that I'm going to cool. quickly go through. So again, those kind of go with those mm-hmm. genres roughly that I picked. So uh, so my number five, uh, I guess you'd call this like sort of um, musical okay. slash kind of childhood favorite slash a little bit of comedy, I guess. Okay. Kind of in the vein of, you know, when we did Singing in the Rain last yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, from 1964, Mary Poppins. Well, there's our crossover. Well, I suspected if Paul, that might be the one, if there was going to be one. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll hop in here with you okay. now. Uh, this, this rates a little higher on my list. This is my number two. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, I'm... Yeah. Okay. All right. So, anyways, it's, it's your number four, so, yeah, so, so I head off. It's my five. You're, you're five. You're so um, right, yeah. Right away. So, I mean, I, I didn't really want to rate it higher because um, I haven't seen it in a long time. Mm-hmm. It's more of a childhood favorite. Uh, I know it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there's, you know, always like the sort of, there's a little bit of criticism and, you know, from like a cynical point of view of like, you know, people like, oh, like, you know, how Dick Van Dyke's accent is terrible and all this kind of stuff. It's like, does that really matter? <laughs> He's seeing the worst <laughs> Yeah, of course it's terrible, but does that really yeah, matter no, no. in the context of a movie like this? Yeah. No. Like, when you're a kid, did you ever think, exactly. like, whoa, Dick Van Dyke's accent is terrible? Like, who no. cares? Oh, didn't know. Like, uh, like, yeah, it was one of those things, like, I was well into an adult yeah. before I really was like, that, that is kind of a bad accent. Yeah, but you it's know? like, it doesn't... But, but you know what? Too busy distracted by dancing penguins to care. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I think just uh, entertainment-wise, it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, really catchy songs. Like, even if you haven't heard any of the songs in years, oh, yeah. like, they'll still come oh, in your yeah. head sometimes just mm-hmm. because they're just very sort of catchy and very just enjoyable um it's um yeah i mean it's 
it's highly regarded, so yeah, there's yeah, not, yeah. I'm not saying anything that's uh, news to anyone. This is sort of one of those, like, probably everybody's seen it. Like, running into somebody who hasn't seen Mary Poppins. I think maybe is, younger people. Maybe a Just certain, because a lot of younger people grew up on a different a different era set of, of that, like yeah, kids Disney movies filming. where it was more yeah. like the Disney the kid the Disney movies like the animated Disney movies from like the early 90s and stuff like that right mm-hmm. is what like a lot of kids now have grown up on yeah um so this kind of thing where we probably saw it a lot on TV when we were kids and things yeah. like that or VHS yeah you know i i think maybe younger kids maybe some of them have seen it i'm mm-hmm. sure but a lot of them maybe haven't um, but certainly people our age, or maybe a little less than us, and certainly older than us, probably yeah. are very familiar with it. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it is definitely like it's on my list as like childhood favorite. Mm-hmm. I see it. At, it's one of those like I just end up periodically seeing it every few years, and <sighs> I saw it about a, a year ago because uh, Laura had a like oh you know I hadn't seen it, and so we watched it about a year ago, and it was just like totally like you said like oh all the lyrics for all the songs just uh, in your head like yeah. you just. You know, you remember, you're like, oh, I know what's coming. I know the bit that's now. Oh, I know this bit. Like, I know and this that's bit the thing. Is, it's like, I, I, I don't know if that would be the case for me because yeah. it's been so long since I've seen it. It might be the case yeah, yeah, because yeah. I certainly, I mean, I, I do remember stuff mm-hmm. and, and I enjoy a lot of things from it and a lot of the effects like, you know, the, the smoke, the staircase, the staircase and like, smoke, things, yeah. like all the animation effects and stuff. Well, are really and cool. it's definitely like as a kid, like seeing like that stuff combined with the, where they mix like, it was probably the first time as a kid I saw animation in real life crossed over in a movie. And, like, I, like how? how Impossible, you know? And, you know, as an adult, you realize, oh, wait. Yeah, they've been doing that since, like, the 30s. 30s. Yeah. But, you know, when you were, like, when I saw them probably this for the first time when I was, yeah. like, whatever, real young, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, to, it was just, like, I don't understand how To this that <laughs> extent and looking as good as it did. Yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. right? Well, that's the thing. It, it looks... Yeah. Like, th- this movie ages yeah. super well Th- this is one of those movies that where the um being shot all on mm. sound stages and sets yeah. like actually really works to the yeah. advantage because like a hitchcock film having that total control over the environment exactly they're yeah. able to make it look just mm-hmm. perfect and it's a consistent look yeah. so you just you don't even think about the fact of like oh it's on stages and sets yeah. like it just looks perfect because you know the the craftsmanship is so mm-hmm. good and the the cinematography is so good, and they're just able to make it look exactly like they want. Yeah, you know, so it's one of those examples of where where not using real mm-hmm. locations is a strength. Yeah, uh, I mean, and this I mean, this film like is either like Julie Andrews being yeah. like and her singing ability like so much helped this film when it almost didn't like happen. Like mm-hmm. it was almost Audrey Hepburn fulfilling the role. And that would have been, I feel, a very different Mary Poppins. It would have been different. Yeah. But, um, I mean, obviously, you yeah. know. Uh, uh, this film also uh, has the, still holds the record for most Oscar nominations and wins for a Disney movie. Yeah. 13 nominations, yeah, five that. wins. I saw that. Which uh, is interesting considering, like, this was sort of the, not necessarily the first, but the highlight in a 60s, like a decade of live action uh disney films uh followed by stuff like bed and broomsticks and yeah. a, a whole slew of films that a lot of people like well, our age are very man, mainly 70s really, so yeah but... um and uh actually the director of this robert stevenson did pretty much all of that like his his like every live action movie you remember from your childhood from disney pretty much was him <laughs> and from like 
like the worst Herbie the Love Bug all the way up to like this. And mm-hmm. um and yeah, but like this is like such a standout classic. Mm-hmm. Um uh and I think I talked about it on a previous podcast. Um might have been even from films when we talked about films from 2015 uh, about uh, Saving Mr. Banks. Yeah. Which is a... It's... I know. A, I feel like an idiot for not having seen ah, it based on fun. the fact of obviously being a fan of this. It is, it's, it is a very interesting, like, if you, like, like Mary Poppins and you sort of know some of the, like, if you've done any looking into, like, sort of the production history of it and then you watch Saving Mr. Banks, it's... Well, it's somewhat theatricized. Yeah, it, is, it really, obviously. like, confirms, uh, like, like, wow, how this movie, like, kind of... How, how much effort it took. How much effort it took to make this movie the way it was. Right. And how it almost... It could have been so many other things, mm-hmm. like, yeah. so many times, and it would not have become the classic. Well, I mean, you know? even just, like, think of it from the point of view of, like... Because in the, in the Mary Poppins books... Yeah. Like the character is much more kind of like like stern oh kind of very like much no so. nonsense mm-hmm. kind of character yeah as opposed to being so warm and like mm-hmm. you know and just so like i mean you know there, there's a whole song in, we, in in the movie about yeah. you know about how how great it is to be around yeah, mary poppins, poppins basically yeah. right yeah. i mean and that's and that really i think came yeah. down to obviously they chose to take mm-hmm. it in that direction in the film but i think what really made that work a hundred Mm-hmm. percent is julie andrews like oh, yeah. the way that she is in in, yeah. in films and stuff like she just has this every eight-year-old wanted mary poppins to be their base <laughs> yeah it would be amazing uh, i still do <laughs> yeah um yeah she just she just had that like that i mean i've talked to about this in relation to a few other people yeah, yeah. and she just had that like that charm that warmth of mm-hmm. on screen where you just mm-hmm. wanted to like watch and you wanted to just you know yeah yeah i think uh one of the things that always uh every time i see this movie it's one of the things that always intrigues me and i've never read the book and so i don't know how if this is covered in the book or not i'm suspecting probably not because of so much was changed but there is uh, Dick Van Dyke's character, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head now. Bert. Bert, yeah. Um, Bert the Chimney Sweep. I, I know that because I was like a big Bert fan when I was a kid. I used to like dress up as him for like Halloween. Oh, Halloween that is awesome. Stuff like that. That's awesome. I'm pretty sure my mom probably still has pictures of me dressing that's up. That's amazing. Bert oh, that's the awesome. Sweep. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's like clearly Bert and and Mary Poppins like know each other prior right. to this film. Yeah. Like there's some I think it's kind of better rela- that you don't know the history. There is, of but it. that's it's so intriguing because there's some kind yeah. of relationship there. And it's like But it's like, well, do you, like you don't want a prequel, you know? No, exactly. Like what kind of like you don't want to get into like an Anakin situation. And this is one yeah. of my and I, like the fact that they made Saving Mr. Banks probably mm-hmm. um precludes this from ever happening. Mm-hmm. But there's all like Disney's doing a lot of um, sort of retellings and rethemes of a lot of their fairy tale stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and being that this isn't quite a fairy tale thing, it's probably also excludes it from that. But a pre Mary Poppins movie, I feel would kind of be the worst thing. Well, they are <laughs> making a new, a new version, a new version of it, which I think is fine. Yeah. You know, as long as it's done well, mm-hmm. obviously it's going to be a different type of thing. Probably yeah. won't be a musical, you know, it'll, yeah. it'll be, It'll be its own thing. Yeah, that is a which, steep hill well to climb over sh- to to try and if, compete if well with done, the I think, original. I think it'd yeah. be fine. Yeah, but I think it'd be fine. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like saying like you know, 
if you make a new Wizard of Oz movie, yeah, yeah obviously yeah. you're not going to make it like the old classic yeah, Wizard of yeah. Oz because that would just be silly. Like, there's no reason to make it mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you can't make it something good. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there's room for a lot of different interpretations. Yeah. No. Exactly. Um, no, that's cool. I'm glad. I'm glad that was. That, that was the one I thought that we might have crossed Yeah, over, yeah. I, I suspected it was possible because I was like, I know, yeah. you know, that you're interested in that sort of area of things a little, yeah. maybe a little more. Um, so. Yeah, it, for the reason it being two on my list, it was actually originally four. Mm. And as I kept adding movies to the list, I was like, well, this isn't very, better than Mary Poppins. And so it, yeah. Mary Poppins moved up the list. Yeah. And it moved up the list. Well, it kept moving up the list. And I was like, well, it can't be my one for for because of my one. You, I guess you it's sort of my already two. knew what yeah. your one would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, that was actually the only thing. It's going into this list. Yeah, um, you knew your one. I knew my one before yeah. looking at any other film. Well, so did I. But... Yeah, and so I was like, "All right, I just need to find four more." <laughs> you know? Yeah, like I said, I put it at the five mm-hmm. just because it has been a really long time since I've seen it. It oh. is more of a childhood favorite. I remember really liking it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I get like a warm, fuzzy feeling thinking about it, mm. but I don't have the same kind of like intimate connection with it that I do with some other films Yeah, yeah. because I just haven't consistently throughout my life revisited it and kind of, you know. All right. So you're four. Oh, my four. Uh, so my four is uh, my only tie. Okay. Uh, and it's two uh, similar, similarly themed films. And that's why I tied them up. Okay. Um, uh, one from 1963 and one from 1965. Okay. Uh, the 1963 film is It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Okay. And the 1965 film is The Great Race. Both these films are about races and their antics. They're, they're comedies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, uh, It's a Mad, Mad, Mad World is, it's sort of like, I think it's, a lot of people have heard of it. I don't know how many people have seen it. I, I don't think I have. If I have, I would say that I've seen maybe parts of it on TV when I was younger, yeah. maybe because it's the, it seems like the kind of thing that probably would have got played on like TV. Oh, and stuff it, absolutely! When we were kids, absolutely. Like, that's what um, I saw it first. I know that I it's actually the all-time favorite movie of um, James from Cinemasker. Oh, really? Like, oh, um, wow! It's just it's, like yeah. Angry Video Game Nerd and all that stuff. Yeah, I know that's his all-time favorite movie. It is. It um, is a. So I've, I've, I most of what I know about it is from watching his. Videos. It's a super <laughs> like they took basically it's one of those ensemble movies where they just took all the comedians, well-known comedians from yeah. the time. Plunked them into a film. Right. Stanley Kramer wrote it, who wrote, like, a ton of other comedies and stuff at the time. Yeah. And, like, released it. And, like, basically it was promoted as, like, here comes the greatest comedy of all time. It's like the comedy time. to end all comedies. Because, comedies, yeah, like, three yeah. hours long. Hilariously, like every two years famous... later, that's how The Great Race was also promoted. Yeah. But, you know. But, yeah. Because um, it was, like, three hours long, had, like... Oh every, yeah, every, which was crazy. Every which famous was, comedic yeah. actor, uh, yeah, just no nonstop crazy, Sid Caesar, yeah, just, just nonstop like, yeah, craziness. Yeah. Buddy Hackett, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just oh, oh, also some of the actors like you, a lot, a lot of like guys from the later in sixties and seventies that you see in a lot of stuff. They're like younger versions of like a, yeah. a very young Mickey Rooney's in this, and um, well, Mickey Rooney know. was a child actor, so he was well, already, he was already he was already, he was already yeah. super. But, famous. but it's not the the face the Ricky. Mickey Rooney face you normally think of. It's like, yeah. oh, it's a super young version of that. Yeah. Um, there's also, um, if you like this film, it, it, you know, it's it's a real good, I mean, it's, it is long because yeah. um, it kind of tells like a bit of an epic story of, of basically. Well, and also just having so many people. characters. Yeah, know. yeah. When you got 15 characters in the film and they're basically on a search for buried treasure and it's kind of an every man for himself and they kind of team up with different people mm-hmm. and, and then just like hijinks ensue for like 
180 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is a really good, um, I think it's about 50 minute documentary on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, where they talk to Stanley Kramer and some of the actors who are still alive. Not very many people are still alive from this film. Yeah, um, and uh, it's a real good documentary about this film. I saw it a number of years ago after after the last time I saw cool. the, this film. Um, uh, the Great Race uh, holds uh, some characters from uh, a movie from my last uh, top five uh, decade list, uh, namely, name, namely, na- yep, no, that's right, namely, uh, Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon. Okay. And they play um, two, like, daredevil kind of characters named uh, Professor Fate and the Great Leslie, and they're kind of rivals. And they're challenged to a race in a car from New York to Paris, uh, driving the opposite way around the world. Like, across America, across mm-hmm. India, across all the way right. that way. So, crossing the Pacific Ocean rather right. than the Atlantic. Obviously, right, that right. wouldn't be much of a challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I got you. And so, rather than going across country, they have to go around all the way around. All the way around, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and this was, again, a film, when it came out, was like... The greatest comedy of all time. Like you know, you'll never need to see another comedy. Um, and uh, those two actors. This is a good thing I haven't seen it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to watch any other any other comedies. comedies. Yeah. Um, it, and it is it is sort of similar to a Mad 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 World, where it's uh, just a lot of hijinks ensue, a lot of really good comedy, lots of one liners. The two characters play off each other very well. Uh, the third character, as in almost all these the duo movies that these guys did, uh, Natalie Wood. She's the smart, capable. Uh, uh, female lead who just basically like plays the two guys off each other, and uh, and she's really good. And it's an again a really like fun light film. It is not three hours. It's like ninety minutes. It's it's a it's a you know, more of a um, regular movie. At the time, it was a considered a very big risk when it was made because it cost twelve million dollars to make, which was unheardofly expensive for a comedy, uh, because so much of the uh, filming was done on location. They they basically, as they drove and across and did the sea stuff and all that, they went to all these places and filmed it, which, yeah. like, you, you, you wouldn't do for Pretty a comedy. Pretty unheard of. You wouldn't do that today for a comedy, no. you know. Um, you wouldn't do that for any movie. You wouldn't really. do that for any movie. And and uh, and so, like, it was considered a big risk, and it, like, paid off in spades. Like, the movie made a ton of money. Um, but yeah, no, it, uh, so it's, it's one, and it's not as good as a Mad 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 World, but I, I really like it, and they're very similar, similar genres. Cool. Well, yeah. I'm sorry I don't have anything to offer No, there, no, it, it's, it's all right. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's not, not really my area of expertise. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So, so, number four to you. Yeah, so my four, um, well, I guess, in a way, we're kind of sticking with comedy here, but it's not, like... I'm gonna say the '60s kind of a good year, kind of a good decade for some like good comedy stuff. Yeah, but okay, so we're going with some comedy, but it's not comedy in that same way. It's oh, not right. exactly a ha ha sort of comedy. Oh, okay. Um, I guess it's what you'd call like, it's what they call like comedy drama, which I guess oh, okay. today would be like dramedy. A dramedy it's yeah. comedy that's kind of dark, mm. and a little bit more drama to it, um, but it's still technically comedy. Um, and it's, uh, oh, and well, and basically I should explain, uh, we're in the sixties now. This would be the decade where, uh, my personal favorite actor of all time sort of comes into play, which is Michael Caine. Ah. Uh, so, uh, my number four is from 1966, Alfie. Mm -hmm. Um, so yes, it is a comedy, but, uh, a little bit dark, uh, definitely black comedy, um, dealing with some pretty, um, pretty controversial subject matter for the time. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, it actually was uh, apparently was the first film uh, to receive a uh, what's, it, what's it called the, the suggested for mature audiences yeah. label, uh, which was sort of a precursor to like PG mm-hmm. when the uh, when the rating system finally came in because this was towards the end. Rating system came in uh, sort of late in '68, um, so this was kind of the waning days of the code. Right. And um, this was a point where the MPAA was starting to sort of feel like, well, there are some films that should be allowed, but they're just, they're not appropriate for children, Yeah, but they should be allowed for adult audiences because they're not, mm-hmm. they're not going so far that they should just be like outright, like not approved, like for, for release type of thing. Mm. But that they're things that would be okay for an adult audience that might not necessarily be okay for for uh, uh, children. Because um, up to this point, you know, the code was always like, well, it has to be okay for everybody. You yeah. know, e for everybody. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Every movie has to be E for everyone. Which you know? is like, in a way, like, that's admirable. It is, but, but at the it, same it time, very like, much it, limits. It also very limits. You know, you know it's arti- very artistically can, limiting yeah, as to yeah. what subject matter you can talk about. Yeah. Um, and this one definitely pushed the be- the, the the boundaries. Mm. Um, and so they decided. I guess I'm not too sure the full story behind it, but I guess like certain parts of the people involved like wanted to to just to, to reject it, mm. and then others were like, no. Uh, you know, we should approve it, but we just have to make it clear that it's for adult audiences. Right. So they came up with this suggested for mature audiences label. Um, and then eventually, you know, within the next couple of years, um, the the rating system was instituted anyway. Oh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's just... Um, it's a good movie. It's the movie that made Michael Caine a star. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like his breakthrough. Um, got his first Oscar nomination. Uh which yeah. is like really good considering like like the bit of the controversial stuff about this film. Mm-hmm. The Oscars yeah. didn't just like well, it was su- it, it was very successful. That. Yeah, that like helped. it was in it was what why very even though it was initially made for like the British audience mm. to the extent that when he initially played the part, he played it with like very heavy accent and using like a lot of slang and stuff, like very Cockney, mm. and they actually did like some. Uh, you know, some ADRing oh, really? to, to kind of make it a little easier to understand huh. some of the dialogue and stuff because uh, he never, you know, when they were making it, they didn't sort of Con- well, consider. They didn't, they didn't think that it would be necessarily good for the American market. Mm-hmm. Uh, turned out, it was like in like the within like the top ten like uh, box office mm-hmm. in in North America for that year. So like it was very successful and um, and and got good reviews and everything. And obviously, he got the nomination. So. Um, that so yeah so I mean it, it was uh, it was actually very well received in North America um, even though it wasn't sort of made for that so yeah uh, the controversy ended up I think I guess people were just ready for like yeah like yeah you know movies intended for for adults is fine there's nothing wrong with that you know I guess people were ready for that by that point mm-hmm. so um, yeah uh, that's it's an interesting one um, it. I was looking when I was looking at a list of sixties movies. Like I probably looked at about a dozen lists. Alfie wasn't on any of them. And I was like, oh, maybe that's a seventies movie. I in my brain I was like, 
because I was thinking, oh, because I was like, I assume this was going to be on your list. Yeah. No, you know, you love Michael Caine. We've talked about this film before. Oh, yeah. Um, And I was like, maybe it's a 70s film. I looked it up. No. 66. 66. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty early. And I'm like, it was a well-regarded movie, and I just didn't see it on any list. And I was just like, huh. And I had to go look into a real, like, I didn't see it until I came across, like, a real comprehensive list of about a bunch of movies. Like, mm. I was just like, huh. I'm, I'm wondering if it is a film that, like, people who've seen it really like it, and then... Other people just either don't know about it or forgotten about it. I, yeah. I, yeah, a shame, a real when, shame. When, like, when I when I go for for doing these lists, yeah. I just go to like the like like the wiki. Oh, for the decade, and and it, and it has oh, it for each for year, each and, year and it's yeah, just yeah. like I just go through the entire thing. I and it lists like every. Movie I started doing that, and it's just like it's so many films. I'm just like, yeah. okay, I need a but, highlight. But I have a good. But I have a good sense right. of like what i yeah. like and it's more just to remind me of like yeah. oh that was from then okay yeah. good that's gotta go you know make sure i don't forget about it yeah no no that's um good. all right yeah so that's your number four uh yeah. yeah yeah so my number three your three my number three uh barely squeaks into the 60s at a 1961 okay. film Okay. Um, I got one earlier. No, yeah. Um, <laughs> my number three, actually. And uh, uh, also directed by Blake Edwards, who did The Great Race mm-hmm. and also Pink did Panther all the Pink Panther movies. films, which he's famous yeah. for. A number of really good movies. Uh, this is, Ju- Bre- is Julie Andrews' husband. Julie Andrews' husband, that's right. Um, this is Breakfast at Tiffany's. Okay. Uh, with Audrey Hepburn and George Pappard. I was wondering if you picked this because I know of the. Uh, uh, I do, yeah. Well, I like one, Audrey Hepburn. The one major issue. And, uh, yeah, well, ha ha ha. Yeah, yeah. Star- starring Audrey Hepburn, George Pappard, as I wrote down, a racially sensitive Mickey Rooney. Um, it's. It is an interesting thing. Um, I, I kind of re reminded myself of some stuff about his performance. For, for people who don't know, uh, a lot, most people have seen yeah. uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. And most people know, uh, Mickey Rooney plays a Japanese man and he wears a p- bunch of Let's makeup. put that under quotes. Yeah, Japanese, yeah. Uh, and he cosplays a Japanese man. <laughs> <laughs> and he he has like a, a mouth guard in to change his facial structure and wears a bunch what of makeup. The big, te- the big, the big teeth. teeth. And yeah, like pushes his cheeks out yeah. inside. Oh, his- and it's terrible. At the time, he was cast in the role because Blake Edwards and pretty much everybody involved when he auditioned for the role thought he nailed it. It was hilarious and everybody thought it was funny. And uh, and it, you know, it's one of those things like, you know, spoiler, yes. Spoiler warning. It's not funny. It, it's one of those things like in retrospect, obviously, and it was oddly enough, it wasn't really even until the 90s that really big objections came about. You know what? I And even like Sorry. there was a number of uh, interviews where uh, people talked to um, Mickey Rooney about this. Yeah. And he was like, he went decades with people telling him how funny that was. Like, he's like, Japanese people, Asian people saying, you played the funniest Japanese person I've ever, like white person I've ever played a Japanese. And it's like, like okay, I I understand like maybe what they mean like, oh like, it, clearly the role was should have been a Japanese person playing the role. That's not even the problem. And, like c- to me, to, well the problem is is like that role like that character kind of shouldn't have been that character in the film. Yeah, <laughs> because like, it doesn't really fit the rest. This film is it's it is actually falls sort of a bit into that comedy drama part where yeah. there is some funny stuff yeah but and nothing definitely like, like uh 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 like you know like audrey hepburn's character uh holly Lightly, she has a life of where she's like privileged be by association uh, 
but you know she's like she's associated with criminals but there's a lot of money in her life and and then George Pappard plays her her uh her next door neighbor and you know they they're sort of like it's a romantic comedy in, in most ways um and there's some seriousness stuff in it and there's some there's not so much comedy but more lighthearted stuff in it yeah and then the upstairs neighbor of Mickey Rooney is it's this weird ridiculous like way over the top thing that like should have appeared in like another comedy not this one and that's my main and, problem and that is my it, problem with it is yeah. that yeah. it's not so much about it being racist or whatever because it I don't think fit. they had bad intentions no no um I think that at worst you could call it racially like insensitive or yeah, like yeah, yeah. culturally insensitive because they just sort of don't really know any better. I, I think it was they they didn't they were like, Oh, he's funny, he did the, and he's doing yeah. it well. He's doing what we want. The problem is is what more what they wanted more than the execute like the execution of it, more than yeah. like why is that character in the film? Right. Like, having the angry upstairs... What does it really add? Like, having that angry upstairs neighbor mm-hmm. uh, who was, like, irritated about, like, all the consistent comings and goings and the noise and everything that, that these two main characters were causing was fine. The presentation... Yeah. Which is unfortunate because the rest of this film is really good. And in my There's... opinion, it's not funny. Like, that's no, it's, it's it not just funny. Isn't. It, that's the thing. Like, if it had maybe worked, at the time it would have was funny. Like, I can not. accept a lot of things that people yeah. would consider offensive if they work. Mm-hmm. Like, if they're like, actually funny. Even if, like, the, the character is cringeworthy, like, just in dialogue and presentation alone, regardless of the fact that Mickey Rooney's playing a Japanese guy in this. Right. Um, yeah. Which is really unfortunate because the rest of the film is yep. oh, we've got some really great dialogue, of course. Um, and, and that's and why, like, just, I, I mean, I understand you picking it, but yeah. at the same time, I mean, the thing is, I, I had really my like doubts as to whether and, you would. And because, the thing for is, that is, reason. is, and it's like I, I, we're talking a lot about like literally a character who has probably thirty seconds of screen time. Yeah, but it's <laughs> the elephant in the room. It is. You can't talk about like, this movie without addressing that. that. Yeah. Um, because everybody yeah. knows that obviously Audrey Hepburn was great. Yeah. You know, um, the story was great. Blah, well, blah, blah. it, it uh, uh, they, and I've never read that, but it was based on a book. Yeah. And actually, uh, Truman Capote, who wrote the book, um, was also one of the writers on this. Like, he helped adapt the book to the screenplay. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, it's, I don't know how faithful it is, but, like, he was. Well, so, it's very sanitized. It's very sanitized. It's, it's like, Cody era, That was, so. um, the, the What you can get away with in. More, in uh, the book was a lot. a lot more. The book was a lot darker. Like, yeah. in the book. Hollywood had a drug problem. Yeah. Like, they, they didn't have that in the movie for obvious reasons. <laughs> you know, because you couldn't really do that sort of thing. No, you, li- um, you literally couldn't. You couldn't do that sort of thing. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, so, you know. Um, but I do really like this movie. I, I know it has some issues, but that's, it, that's it is, cool. yeah. I get it. You know. I get it. Um, I, I really like Audrey Hepburn. And I, I had my choice of, there's a number of Audrey Hepburn films from this year. I mean, uh, Wait Until Dark. Uh, which we talked about, mm-hmm. both really enjoyed in a previous episode. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, it. I mean, yeah, um, but you know, I, I you know, a number of other films uh, in this. But I uh, think that that's something where, like, because I mean, you didn't see that back in the day and stuff like that. So well, I mean, exactly. like, I think yeah, that yeah. picking something that you're more connected to, yeah, yeah. that you have more of a history with, yeah. makes more so sense. that's sort of yeah. But uh, also, uh, sort of interesting, um, just Audrey Hepburn's casting of this because Audrey Hepburn usually uh, she was a very uh, introverted. But she was an introverted person, and she usually played a lot of sort of quieter, more introverted roles. And in this, she had to play very against mm-hmm. both the type of character she played and her own personality. Very extroverted mm-hmm. um, was an interesting thing because she it allowed her it opened up 
um, a number of other directors to saying that, oh, she could play other roles. And right. it gave her, throughout the like the 70s, she played a varied number of roles. Yeah. It, it really, really was good for her. But cool. yeah. So yeah, so my number three, Breakfast at Tiffany's. All right. Mickey Rooney and all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's fine, man. Yeah. All right, so uh, I guess uh, you're number three. Uh, yeah, my three. Um, well, um, of course, uh, this would be, this, you know, it's got to be, we've done the 40s, the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. <laughs> and, you know, for the third decade, um, got to have some Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, from, like, this is, this period of, like, from, Basically, Alfred Hitchcock made films starting in the silent era in the 20s in, yeah. in Britain before he came to Hollywood. And he made a lot of films in the 30s. And uh, he even made some stuff in the 70s before he died. So, you know, we, we did a whole episode on uh, Family Plot, which mm. was from the 70s, one of his later films. Right, that's right. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, for me, I think that his classic period is kind of like sort of about 20 years from like early 40s to early 60s that pretty much covers yeah. it with like the 50s being in the middle kind of being the peak yeah for sure, for sure. um so um beyond that you know i think that obviously as he got towards the end of his life you know he was not necessarily at the peak of his powers and you know it was a totally different era and alfred hitchcock's powers were waning in the 60s <laughs> yeah, i mean it was a totally different era things were changing yeah you know it's it's natural so mm-hmm. Um, I think probably this would be like the last kind of opportunity to really get get some Hitchcock in, um, but you know you gotta have some. Um, so this one is my um, earliest pick on oh, this yeah. list, um, and the only one on the main list, at least um, on on my runner ups. I've got a couple, but only one on the main list that's black and white, uh, and it's uh, from 1960, Psycho. Yeah. Um, so, which is funny because Hitchcock actually switched to color in like the late forties and made all color films all throughout the fifties. Um, but he decided, uh, to make Psycho in black and white, um, which was, you know, black and white was still not that uncommon at the beginning of the sixties, but certainly for big major filmmakers like, like Hitchcock, they'd mostly switched to color by that point. Um, but Psycho is one of those ones that I think... Falls into a similar sort of uh, situation as, like, when we talked about Citizen Kane Mm -hmm. for our 40s list, where it's had so much, it's been so iconic and had so much, like, uh, been been so much a part of just, like, the cultural kind of, you know, thing that I think that a lot of people don't really know the actual film that well, or, like, because they just haven't bothered, because it's just, like, everyone just kind of knows, like, oh, yeah, Psycho, that's classic, right? It's got shower scene, scene, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I think a lot of people don't really know the film itself that well. They mm. just kind of take it for granted that, like, well, it's classic. So, you know, sure, it's good, but it's old. It's not really my thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and and so I think that um, a lot of – it's been sort of forgotten to a large degree, like, how good it actually mm. is overall just as a movie to watch um, as opposed to just something to be put on a pedestal and just said, like, oh, this is a classic. It's like – it's like, no, like, like – Take take it off the pedestal, put it in your video machine, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, watch and actually watch it and see what it actually is, and make your own opinion. Don't just like take it as oh, it's a classic because everyone says it is, um, because it's just a really solid movie to watch. It just oh. it still holds up. 
um, being just a solid, you know, suspense uh, kind of thing throughout. It, you know, the t- again, we've talked about it a million times in regards to Hitchcock films, just that tension that he's able to sustain uh, through the whole kind of film. And then, you know, uh, before things kind of like just really go at the end. Um, I think that a lot of people have forgotten how good um, Anthony Perkins' performance actually is. Because I think that a lot of people just think, oh, like, oh, Psycho, yeah, he's all, like, weird and, like, you know, talking about mother and all this stuff. And it's just, like, like no, no, that's no. actually a yeah. small part of it. And and what makes the performance great is, like, when you first meet Norman Bates, uh, he's actually kind of charming. Mm-hmm. Which I guess is kind of, like, a typical kind of serial killer kind of thing where, like, a lot of times that does happen because that's how they kind of, like lure their victims in kind of close sort of thing so i mean i guess that is kind of a classic thing but like i think that people sort of forgotten that he had this kind of um like at that stage he was really young um he was like really handsome guy back then and and you know he i think when a lot of people think of anthony perkins they think like later on he he kind of grew like he sort of outgrew his body a little bit, and he was—he yeah. looked a little bit awkward later on in life. Um, but at this point, uh, when he was really young, he was like—he was a real handsome dude, and he—he kind of had this like boyish charm uh, when when the characters first introduced. But at the same time, there's this undercurrent of like something is just a little off, mm-hmm. but you can't quite put your finger on it. And the whole sort of sequence where he's first introduced, because initially the main character of the movie is Janet Lee's character. Uh, you know, famously, you know, she dies, whatever it is, 20, 25 minutes into the movie. And that was like a big shocking mm. twist because it was like, wait, that's the main character. You don't, that's do, that. the main you don't character. do that. Yeah. That's the main <laughs> character of the movie because she's literally the one that we're following up to that point And then yeah. we're seeing as the protagonist. And then it makes this shift. Um, but when the first sort of major sequence where she comes to the, ho- to the hotel and she meets, Norman for the first time and they have a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of just talking with the two of them. And, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's a great performance. Cause it's like, there's this undercurrent of like, there's something not quite right about him, mm-hmm. but like you don't, you can't sort of put your finger on it. So it's like, he kind of seems like he's sort of charming, but there's like something going else going on yeah. and it's very subtle. Um, and that's, I mean, that's really good. Uh, writing that's really good like direction and like and and filmmaking but also very good performance Mm -hmm. to be able to pull that off and i think that that's something that a lot of people have forgotten that that's what most of the movie actually is because i think people mostly just remember kind of the later parts where it's just like oh everything's all crazy and creepy and yeah psycho psycho yeah um so i think uh definitely i would encourage people to go back and check it out um if they haven't in a very long time or if they've never actually seen it um, it's it's actually just really solid and it holds up well as just an interesting movie to watch. It's a it's a weird one for me. Um, there's like everything you said about Psycho, absolutely true, and I 100 percent agree with you. Yeah, but for some reason, it never really like grabbed me. Yeah, like, that's fine. As far as like Hitchcock films, there's tons of stuff that don't really yeah, grab me. Yeah, no, it, it's 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 just weird. Like it's one of those like. There's no reason I shouldn't be, I shouldn't like be super enthusiastic about this. There's not to be a reason. Yeah, no, it's it's just Some it's just odd. Just don't, I don't I click. always think because when I think of Hitchcock films, I mean, I always think, oh yeah, Psycho. Like, I yeah, 
huh, you know, I think I would rather watch just like watch for a window or something. You know, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Uh, um, it, it, but again, like you say, like the performance yeah. is so good in this movie. Um, uh, the, they did a remake of this. Uh, right. And it was not very good. Well, yeah. well, it was one of those pointless remakes. It was more pointless. Pointless remakes yeah. where they did. I mean, I don't did. think it was very good, yeah. but I don't think it was like disastrously bad. No, it wasn't bad. I just it think was it was just really pointless because it was. It was again one of those where they did the. Well, they were much, trying to do like a shot for shot, shot remake, remake yeah, essentially. Yeah. And, it was. It was. Look, young well, people aren't going to watch a black and white film. Yeah. The, basically, the only know. thing they changed was like uh, I think we talked about it before. Actually. Yeah, yeah, I think we did too. Uh, yeah. But the only thing that they really changed was just like to update it. Yeah, to a more modern, modern setting. setting. Yeah, uh, uh, which I think is kind of like, like maybe that's one of the things that, like, can that could fundament that can that sort of thing can really fundamentally change a film because I feel that the time and place of this movie. Well, I think they just they took out they they basically used the same, you know, script. Yeah, to a large degree, uh, and followed the shots and everything, mm-hmm. but they took out all the actual. You know, like, they basically just, they took out all the excellence, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, yeah. it was basically just like, well, you know, uh, let's let's remake let's remake Psycho exactly the same, but have someone who's not as good a director <laughs> as Alfred Hitchcock, someone who's not <laughs> as good an actor as Anthony Perkins, yeah, someone who's exactly, not as good yeah. as an actress as Janet Leigh, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And it's like, well, what's the point, yeah. you know? Yeah. Just to make a modern version? Yeah. No, no. Uh, I mean, nothing against any of the people watch involved. the classic. Yeah, nothing against any of the people involved, but like, but why do that? Like, yeah. why, why invite? I mean, why even invite the comparison? I mean, it's know? one of those. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it just feels like, like, oh, like the opportunity to be involved in something like that. But you got to think like long term, and it like long term, like Alfred Hitchcock's original Psycho is one of those films that is just like people are going to watch forever. Yeah, you know, and, uh, and they should. Yeah, like. It's it's um, I guess you, uh, that it is a, a, maybe a good, a good example of of like what we were talking about earlier about how like some slight changes to films in the '60s and actually I really like the documentary not the documentary but the film about the Hitch, the film called Hitchcock yeah yeah which yeah. was about which is set during the making making of Psycho, Psycho. yeah um, Anthony Hopkins as as Hitch uh, which I really enjoyed that film yeah it was um, good and uh, and. Sort of like this, this film really because, like, again, with the ratings board and stuff like yeah. a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, I think makes, that's how it came up when we were talking about it. Makes earlier. a good, uh, makes a good companion. Yeah, exactly. like, yeah, yeah. Like, there you go. Watch yeah. Psycho and yeah. watch, yeah, watch Mary movie. Poppins and Saving Mr. Banks. Yeah, then watch, watch Psycho <laughs> and, and the movie Hitchcock, Hitchcock because yeah. they, it's all about the about yeah. behind the scenes of it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and it is it is one of those films that like really embodies some of that. Um, Ch- changing of like how f- what was being done in films yeah, and in that the was really ba- hard then because that was the very beginning, the beginning of the sixties when the code was still in full force. Ve- yeah, yeah, it was and very. It was impossible to get away with anything, pretty much. Yeah, unless you're Hitchcock. Well, even then, he's I like, mean, I want a toilet, and he even, got his toilet. Even, even, <laughs> even, even then, though, like, yeah. it was you yeah. know you couldn't really. There's just stuff you couldn't do. No, just yeah. period. Yeah, no. 
Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good that's a that's an excellent. Time. I'm glad you had your Hitchcock on there. I was fairly yeah. sure it was going to be Psycho, uh, but I wasn't probably sure. be the last time. So. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Well, I mean, well, for the decade based ones. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, in the future, maybe other, yeah, we'll just have uh, yeah. other things. But <laughs> this is it. The final time Alfred Hitchcock will be talked about in this film. <laughs> never know. Uh, no. Never know. Uh, right. Uh, so I guess that goes to my number two, mm-hmm. which is Mary Poppins. Right. As we already we talked have discussed. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, again, Mary Poppins, great. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, your number two, then. All right. So, my two. So, uh, um, so on the last top five that we did, episode mm-hmm. we did, which was the uh, remix right. top five, yeah. um, I talked about um, Fistful of Dollars, yes. Sergio Leone film, mm-hmm. um, which is the beginning of his Dollars trilogy. Because it was a remake, essentially, of um, Kira Kurosawa's Yojimbo. Yeah. Um, and I sort of mentioned how, you know, I kind of felt comfortable using that for that because I knew that I wasn't kind of going to need that for the future. Um, and also because it's the only one that was just a straight-up remake of, of, the, of those Leone things. Um, so... Uh, that was the beginning of the Dollars Trilogy. Uh, my number two is the end of the Dollars Trilogy uh, from 1966, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, which um, is just... Pff, this one was on and off my list level. a number of times. It's jumped into my five spot this a couple is, of times. This is some next level stuff here. Yeah. This is where things get real crazy. Um, I, I mean, I... Just like thinking about it, it, I just I almost kind of get a bit speechless because I can't really articulate. It's the best film he did. Yeah. I, I, you know, in my opinion, I, I have a little bit of a, a thing to say about that later, oh, but, yeah. but we'll yeah we'll get to that. Uh, and and it it very you know what's you know what's really crazy is uh, the Dodge Children was like I think like sixty four, sixty five, sixty six mm-hmm. was like the original releases. Yeah, for fistful dollars, for a few dollars more, more, and good, bad, and the ugly. Yeah, um, but they weren't released in North America during that period, so um, they didn't start releasing them in, in North America until '67, and they released all three in the same year. They released Jeez. all three came out in '67 for the first time in North America. Wow! Can you imagine, like, if you're just like, oh, you'll see that movie, you know, you see fistful dollars, and then like a few months later, for a few dollars more, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. a few months after that. Good, the bad, and the ugly. Like it was, yeah. Um, wow. But they were all different years in the, yeah. in the original releases. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, um, yeah, I just think that it's the the pinnacle of everything about these kinds of movies. Yeah, um, it has great, some great actors. Um, just you know, obviously beautiful to look at. Um, Ennio Morricone's music. I yeah. think was at its peak. You know, it has some of the most iconic uh, cues. Obviously, is the very famous uh, you know theme uh, theme music, and then there's you know um, like the Ecstasy of Gold, which mm. is really famous. You know, Metallica yeah. uses that as their intro music on all their concerts, and mm-hmm. you know, um, so a lot of people have heard that. Uh, and then there's like um, Il Trio, which is like the sort of final showdown music that for for the the, the sort of standoff between the three main characters, um, which is uh, I'm a big fan of that that bit. Um, 
love uh, Eli Wallach's Tuco character. Mm. Yes. Who's the, the ugly of the good, bad, and the ugly. <laughs> yeah. Um, is one of my all-time favorite film characters. Um, Eli Wallach passed away, like, within the last year. Oh. Um, well, he's in his 90s. Yeah, those guys are all... He was in his 90s, but... Um, uh, I posted it, a very rare thing for me, but um, I do occasionally when I really feel uh, the need. Um, I did post a little I, like yeah, that's uh, right. a little RIP on Facebook for it, and uh, I used the quote when I, in that post. I used the quote, which is like one of my favorite bits, where Tuco is in the in the a bathtub in his hotel room, and uh, this this uh, guy good like this guy comes in to try to kill him oh yeah yeah right. and, he, and he and the dude has like the gun on him and he goes to this whole speech of like oh like i've really got you know the advantage on you now yeah, and blah, yeah, blah, yeah, and he yeah, does yeah. this whole like speech <laughs> sure and then shot him and then suddenly he just blam blah blam like he, he, the gunman is killed and and tuco's had his gun like under like the the bubbles in the, the in tub the, the whole time and he yeah. gets up and he goes to the guy and he's just like He's just like, when you need to shoot, shoot, don't talk. talk. Yeah. And that's yeah. one of my that's favorite such a good line. lines. Yeah. And Tuco is just amazing. Um, obviously, you know, uh, Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the the man with no name or whatever. Mm-hmm. Blondie as he is in this one. Uh, his different name in every movie. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, the man with no name kind of actually is more like the man with a bunch of names. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's because... Uh, it's he has all- no direct... Yeah, well, it's because all it's all again. It's based off of because because um, uh, Fistful of Dollars was based on Yojimbo, right? Uh, it's based off of that because the main character in Yojimbo uh, would always just when he was asked his name would give like basically a like a fake name right. that is just like a nickname, um, and. Uh, yeah, because in these movies, Cassandra, Clint would never like names himself. Yeah, it's just what he's always just what other people, people call, call him. him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so he's. Uh, I think in one of them he's Joe. Yeah, he's yeah Joe uh, something. I can't remember what he's in the other one, and then Blondie in this Blondie one. Blondie in this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's awesome. It it is one of those real uh, benchmark films from this era. Yeah, where like everybody knows it. It set um, a lot of. Um, inspiration for oh yeah not even just westerns yeah um but films that had um sort of uh, the ability to have a little more of a serious action to them uh yeah like into the 70s and, and, and beyond uh where action could be um didn't have to be over the top it could be uh, very blunt, yeah, and that's exactly, and it, yeah. which is it, it is something that was sort of for, for the time often just reserved strictly for like the kind of the western style yeah. uh, of well, the movie. This, this movie was really uh, got a lot of flack at the time for being like overly violent, yeah, because yeah. of the fact that they didn't like try to sugarcoat it and be yeah. like you know the usual cowboy violence of like like you have a big shootout yeah. and guys like grab their chest and, and go, go like yeah, and then fall yeah. over and there's Dude, no falling over balconies know, yeah, fall, and, and it's just like a stunt yeah, yeah, yeah it's just yeah. like a stunt you know yeah, it just yeah, becomes yeah. a stunt whereas yeah. in this it's just like click bang you know, you're dead click bang you're dead <laughs> instantaneously and sometimes you get like a five minute build up to like a one second bit yeah, of violence yeah, yeah, yeah. that's just like that's how fast yeah, you know a very life, very short and a hard. life is lost yeah. you know yeah. that fast because these are brutal yeah. 
you know, mm-hmm. brutal people in brutal times yeah. in a brutal place, you know, and, and life is cheap, you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely uh, not how Hollywood had been portraying. It's not action. glamorous, you know. Generally, had been portraying action yeah. up until these films. Yeah, it's not glamorous. I mean, all three of these films share these characteristics. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's, it, this it's, one is definitely just the. the it's the, not a glamorous thing. It's not. These are not like heroes that are riding around. You know, mm-hmm. uh, saving saving people. You know, it's like this is just. You know, it's violent people killing other violent people. Mm-hmm. The. And and that's not to say it's, it, it, that makes it sound like it's this really violent movie, and of course it's, it's not, not really. The whole point is that it's it's yeah. these long, slow passages punctuated by like yeah, sudden, yeah, you know, Bur- fast yeah, sudden, yeah, bursts, short of, bursts of like yeah, yeah. very intense, yeah, um, brutal violence. Yeah, and I then, mean, if you want like a real violent western thing. Uh, you know, there's like um, the Wild Bunch, yeah, or yeah, which exactly. is around from around the same time. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe just slightly later. Oh, uh, I think it's yeah, just before sixty. Yeah. I think it's later 60s, 68 or sixty nine. Yeah, yeah. um, but that one is like notorious because mm-hmm. it's you know slow motion, mm-hmm. like blood flying and stuff like that. That was you know that was that was the, the that was the, the beginning over of the top. That was the beginning of, of another kind of type of thing. But mm-hmm. this was this is different. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, and, that is excellent pick. And yeah. the cinematography, of course, is just incredible. Um, and all that kind of stuff. The shots and everything. Yeah. He, you know, Leona was really, he was like, he's the, you know, top take, of take, his your, game take your pick. You know, he's yeah. the Hitchcock of Westerns or whoever, you know, you want to look at as kind of like um, just that, that standing apart in a league of their own kind of thing. Um, yeah. Searching the Lonis was in a league of his own. <laughs> no, I'm saying in terms of yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, no this this was this is the, like I, I would say like if this was a top six, that would have been my number six. Like it's, of my well, also again, ends, it, it is by it's, by, by it's far, my right? interests versus your interests yeah, yeah, are yeah. different. You know, like this has always it, been more. It, my like I said, it, it came very close, and I I also kind of assumed it would have been on your list. So because I know you love you love those films, I do. Uh, yeah. Yep. All right, so, so I guess we're on to your one. On number one. So this is this is big because you were very sure of what this was going to be oh, right from the start. Right, immediately, yeah. And I'm not really too sure what it would be because... Um, well, I, I just, I'm going I to take know. a guess as you have not said a certain movie yet. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling I know what your number one is. Okay. Which means our number ones are going to be possibly two of the most diametrically opposed number ones we've ever had. Okay. Um, my number one, right on, right on the cusp, it's from 1960... Okay. Billy Wilder film. Oh, well. Which, uh, but was from the 60s. <laughs> um, Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine in The Apartment. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah. Uh, this is not only my number one on this list, this is also one of my favorite films ever. Yeah. Um, it, um, it's, yeah, it, it's it's pretty different. Yeah, it's pretty different? Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> uh, th- this film is uh, a great story. Um, uh, Jack Lemmon plays a, a, the kind of character Jack Lemmon often plays, who is um, a character who receives some fortune, but, like, it all, like, it, every time something good happens to him, he, nothing but bad things can follow. Mm-hmm. And so he, he stumbles through... A, a lot of uh, um, ups and downs in this movie um, while he tries to sort of sort his life out. Um, and he meets his, uh, a girl named Shirley MacLaine. Or he meets <laughs> played a girl by named, Shirley MacLaine. Played by Shirley MacLaine named Fran. Yeah. Um, and who he's romantically interested in. Yeah. And um, 
Have you ever seen The Trouble with Harry? Yeah. Okay. That's a good movie, too. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it, it's sort of one of those, like, like um, it actually, it shares, uh, Fran's character shares some of the things with, uh, similar to um, Holly Golightly's character in um, Breakfast at Tiffany's, uh, where she, she like, likes uh, a Bud, is Jack Lemmon's character's name. She likes Bud, uh, but then she's got, like, there's another guy in her life, and... Uh, who's actually kind of a scumbag and she ends up uh, taking a bunch of pills and trying to commit suicide. And um, she had a key to Bud's apartment uh, because they were friends and he had asked her to to look after like some plants of his, I believe, or something along those lines. And he comes home one day and like late at night and finds her like near dead, passed out in, in, in his apartment. And he basically kind of like nurses her back to health. And the majority of this film takes place in his apartment. It, this is a very like like small uh, location-wise in terms of like number of shots. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, lots. And so the, the, the film is mostly just dialogue. Uh, and it's just great dialogue. Lots of one-liners. Jack Lemmon's great in his delivery. Sherman McLean is awesome at that kind of stuff. She's got... She's that actress with the, the super like like fast on the wit and the the delivery is excellent mm-hmm. um and it's got a quote one of my favorite lines in it is jack lemon's lines when they're talking about like you know ups and downs of life and because his life is every time something good happens something bad happens and his line is and that's the way it crumbles cookie wise which is i just really like that line where he like sort of flips inverts the it, yeah. yeah inverts it a bit says you know. the same thing it but, says the same thing you know yeah, the, the, the pause in there is is that the way it crumbles and then she like looks at him like what do you mean he goes you know cookie wise <laughs> you know yeah. and it's like oh okay yeah i know what it's you're saying yeah, just yeah. saying you know, you know that's, that's the way the cookie crumbles, cookie yeah. crumbles yeah. Yeah. yeah um but um uh but yeah i, I really uh i really like this film a lot uh, i've seen it a number of times uh it's it's one of those movies where uh, I, I've almost never done this, but it's one of the few films where, like, bought it on VHS, then bought it on DVD. Uh, you know, like, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if there's a Blu-ray. I don't have a Blu-ray player, so I wouldn't buy a Blu-ray copy. But, you know, but it, it is, you know, I don't do that very often where, like, when, the, you. you know, transcend shit. Like, almost everything I bought on VHS, I don't know. I, I never rebought. Yeah. You know, um, but this one I did, you know. But, yeah, so, yeah, The Apartment, it, um, oddly, 1960 film, black and white. Uh, I guess sort of similar to size. Yeah, yeah. You know, say, um, and that was done to keep, that was like a budgetary thing. Um, but considering like by 1960, like very little few things were in black and white. Yeah. Th- well, that's I, why like, I, I like always this... think this film is older than it is yeah. because it's black well, and like white. Well, like I say, but... it's that transitionary yeah. period, you know, where it was, that was still kind of happening. Yeah. Oddly enough, actually, um, I, I, I made a big point of saying like Psycho was the only one, the only black and white film on my list. Um, and that was long after it had, had changed, had right, switched yeah. to color. And it was just simply like a one-off artistic choice to make that one black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, oddly enough, my, my runner ups, which we'll quickly run oh, through yeah, at the yeah, end, yeah. um, are like a lot of black and white and, and they're, really? they're all wow. still sixties and it just worked out that way. So yeah, they still made a lot of stuff in the sixties in black and white. Mm-hmm. A lot of times budgetary thing, you know, it's just a little bit cheaper, um, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, sort of talky, uh, you know, uh, comedies and things like that. You know, they didn't really feel they really had to be color necessarily because, mm-hmm. you know, they weren't trying to be really visually, you know, 
Yeah. Uh, this film Popping. also, um, awards-wise, 10 nominations, 5 wins. Yeah. One for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Writer. Cookie-wise and awards-wise. And award-wise, yeah. 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 Um, a little bit controversial at the time. Um, I guess this falls sort of a bit into... Um, we were saying about the MPA and stuff like that. Uh, the film uh, initially like had like good reception because like people enjoyed it, but it, it critically received a little bit of um, uh, flack for dealing a lot a, a lot of the talks about a lot of films about uh, like infidelity mm-hmm. and uh, other sort of like topics like that. Yeah. Again, in the sixties, no, like yeah. late fifties, no, well, what we, you had we, in the we, film. We touched you know? on that a little bit in the fifties, yeah, yeah, because yeah. a couple of your choices there. Um, because you had uh, some like it hot. hot and, yeah. Uh, what was the blue moon? Oh, uh, yeah, blue. Oh, uh, 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 under a blue moon, over a blue moon. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, the moon is blue. The, the moon, moon is blue. Is blue. The yeah, moon is blue. because yeah. both of those were released without code approval. Yeah, because they couldn't get it, but they were like, "Well, these are great films." They're, exactly. You know, yeah. there's yeah. no reason, and they released them, and people, and they still did well. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, for the most part, because people accepted that, like, "Oh, yeah. these are good well, movies." It was it was an know? interesting and like in this film falls the same category that interesting take of where even, like even at that point towards the end of the 50s the code was already kind of like starting to erode because the people were starting popular to, opinion did not yeah people were starting white. to realize just something because something couldn't get code approval didn't make yeah. it a bad movie yeah, or exactly, didn't make exactly. it the, something you should what do. people would enjoy in a theater without quite like without really questioning yeah. was much different than kind of the oh like what a newspaper or magazine would say about a movie yeah. and it, and then that's where you started to see that like d- drift of where mm-hmm. well maybe maybe like the restrictions we're putting on films yeah. aren't matching like what people like what people clearly will actually people accept. aren't caring yeah. you know it's, yeah, people yeah, aren't yeah. like protesting yeah, exactly. you know yeah, over yeah, 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 yeah. You know, which is one of those other things cuz relatively like, minor. you roll this back to like a, a you know a previous decade yeah. like, like you'll say the 40s, the 40s yeah. like you had to be really dicey cuz people would just like straight up like the the film became you know, quote unquote like undecent yeah, and people would just, would just be buried. It would be buried. Yep, yeah, absolutely. You know. yeah. But yeah. But it just shows you, right, even by the end of the fifties things were changing. Yeah. Yeah. And by the beginning of the sixties, even if yeah. there was still some controversy mm-hmm. and some flack, mm-hmm. you know, the the general public was accepting yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I think the general and public into, like anything goes territory. The general right? public was getting to the point where they were just like, Okay, we're adults, you know, you don't have to you know Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like these are things that we deal with in our daily lives. We're not strangers to this stuff yeah. anymore. It's probably one of those things. Like, as things became less ta- taboo to talk about, yeah, exactly. Like socially, they yeah. became less taboo to see, right? You know? Absolutely, because it's not like these things were new, yeah. but it, it, I mean, but they were kept uh, sort of under wraps. It's that weird thing where, like, if, even if you look at it, films today, like the hilarity of like the rating system and all that is still completely yeah. antiquated. But it's a lot better. Than you know, what when they you talk about like. Like oh how like you can say like the f word once yeah. in a like a PG thirteen film yet anybody under that is yeah, free yeah, to yeah. say the f word as many times as they want in real life and you're just like this but no one reflects it's still like, a what, lot how people than... actually you know, re- I know yeah I know. yeah but it's still it's a, a lot better thing. than it used to be oh so. yeah 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 um well it's it's because the big the big thing is, is a lot of it is uh, definitely more um. Uh, kind of the uh, the artistic and sto- story content is and a not lot of as, it, and a lot as, of it um, yeah yeah and a lot of it falls under that general thing of the fact that the film industry as a whole is very slow to oh, change, yeah, yeah. very slow to adapt mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's just the way it is yeah you know yeah. with when it comes to that type of thing mm. um, yeah so yeah so the apartment my number one yeah cool beans um yeah. so my number one um 
this is a movie that, yeah, like, <laughs> like, like, as with... Sorry, sorry, I, I don't know why I'm laughing. What's right. the problem, man? Uh, <laughs> uh, this is a movie that, um, again, yeah, it, it was never any doubt that this was be my number one of mm-hmm. the 60s because this is one of my all-time favorite films of all time. Uh, I just said all time like twice in that <laughs> sentence. Um, but yeah, this would probably be like like two or three mm-hmm. on my all time. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, it's pretty much never in doubt. Um, this is a film that um, took four years to make. Uh, cost of about at least 11 million or so dollars mm-hmm. at a time when, you know, the average film budget was like 1 million. Yeah. Um, it's a story that spans millions of years in time, <laughs> billions of miles mm-hmm. in distance. It is from 1968, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Yeah. Um, it ties into the movie we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Does it? What are we talking about? Moonwalkers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, not really. <laughs> well, Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> yeah, but Stanley Kubrick doesn't actually have anything to no, do with yeah, Moonwalkers. No, no, Moonwalkers. That's anyway, the joke. That. That's the joke, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so, yeah, 2001. Yeah, I, 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 it was like, as soon as I knew my number one, I was like, oh, I also know I missed number one. Like, as soon as we said we were doing 60s films. Yeah, I mean. I know you love this movie. It's yeah. just, it's a transcendent experience. Mm. Um, you know, the, the, F, the, the, the lengths that they went to to make it sort of as premium uh as premium you know an artistic achievement as they possibly could is you know unprecedented to a large degree Mm -hmm. um you know it just you know it's 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 Yeah, I mean, I just I cannot emphasize enough like how how much. Well, it's it's a hard film to talk about how because much it's like thought, either you've seen it or mm-hmm. you haven't, and trying to tell somebody what this film is about is also very difficult. But like how much thought and and sort of like how much care and attention to detail. Well, when you take was put, four years to make a film, you have the ability to and that's get not as like deep like, as this film and that's, is, and that's not like yeah. where like a lot of times like an independent film will take like a few years to make because you know you got, oh yeah, you, yeah. You, budgetary you, it's kind of yeah. slow like you got to raise the money you got to mm-hmm. you know sometimes you you have you know you're working on like weekends because you have a job you know yeah, yeah, yeah. because you're trying to support it because it's an independent film blah blah, blah. we're talking four years of like big budget full-on production Mm. you know toiling Mm. um you know like you know really spending this movie only cost 12 million to make a 13 million ish yeah wow which was insane at the time but saying that though like he was for four years very good with his money considering my previously mentioned the great race was 12 million but that was because it was going all over the world (laughs) world, yeah yeah, this is all in one place yeah 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 this is all studio work yeah Yeah. like you said most films in this era were like one to three million yeah yeah this is all studio Studio work bound which is cost that much because the set so much set right i mean they used um they used uh uh like rear projection um film uh screens Mm -hmm. to do all like the like in the spaceship and, and and space station and stuff like that, whenever they would have like the flat screen, you know, like like everything was all like flat screens and stuff, which is like very, uh, 
like nowadays. Yeah, yeah. You you think like very forward thinking. It, it puts it very kind of like it, it actually still looks good. Yeah. Because we're just like oh like flat like smooth like screens like that. Mm-hmm. That's like what we do now basically. You know, all, and at the time, obviously there was no TV that would work that way. That you yeah. could do that. So basically, they had rear projection screens mm-hmm. all over the set, like basically on the outside of the set. So the noise and just the, you know, how difficult that would be to having like, like a dozen little cameras and projectors all like, <sighs> like projecting that, 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 just in, order, word, in order to make word. it yeah. look like perfect, mm-hmm. you know, and yet you watch the film and it's like dead silent because of course you're not, you, yeah. they're not using that audio from, you know, on the set for those scenes. Um, I mean, you know, but, easy work but it makes it look guy. perfect. He didn't have to do anything. <laughs> but it makes it look perfect yeah, and it makes yeah. it, you know, it gives it this like really nice. So you don't have any of that problem of like that crappy, like video kind of look no, that you no. get when you see like video screens in like old movies and stuff, you know, it, it, it looks, flicker it looks pristine. Yeah. yeah. You don't get flicker. It looks pristine and it's, they're perfect. Well, it, they're all nice, perfectly flat screens. Retro, it's all built into retroactively. The, it still looks futuristic. Yeah. You know, versus like most, yeah. And well, they most didn't sci-fi stuff like a decade later always looks They old. didn't try to go like overboard with the design. Mm-hmm. Like they kept the design very functional mm-hmm. and very just like, well, this makes sense. You know, yeah. you have limited space, you're not going to have these big, you know, CRT monitors and stuff exactly. like that. You're going to have just flat screens. You know, it made it made sense that that would be mm-hmm. a direction that they would go in, you know, and uh it, oddly enough, one of those things that like not a lesson learned by sci-fi films afterwards. Well, a lot of times, the, but that's budgetary, <laughs> budgetary. Times, right? But even like the, when you get even, into the seventies and stuff like, like that, and the imitate 80s. stuff like that, like, like I mean, sometimes done stylistically. For example, I guess uh, Aliens would be a good example. Alien, yeah. uh, where like it was stylistically done with like the retro, like and they weren't retro at the time, yeah. but like the monitors were all like like Hercules style, like but that's single the point. Color. Like, like that it, made that sense. Whole, it made know? sense for that. You know, sometimes done stylistically, but nobody would like. Nobody, like, took what he did and said, okay, how can we do that a little bit cheaper? Yeah. And, like, down the road, like, well, literally, the could, real There world, wasn't really any way to do it the cheaper. Real, the, the real the world time. technology yeah. had to catch up to it yeah. before we started seeing that. Pretty, pretty much, yeah. He was so far ahead and, of the game. You know, and then, like, the, <laughs> the effects, like, the visual effects and stuff still looked still good. Still so Because good. of the fact that they knew the limitations of... For example, blue screen and things like that. Yeah. And this is before they, motion control, so yeah. they knew they couldn't have... And so basically, they did a lot and, of like yeah. the old-fashioned way of just like, it's just a black background, mm-hmm. and you just have like miniatures, you know, basically just hanging in space. Mm-hmm. And because it was more of a realistic kind of take on, you know, space travel and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you they weren't trying to do like airplane-style like dogfights in no, space, no, no. a la Star Wars later. Um uh, you know, it was mostly just it's the blackness of envy space and a ship moving across mm. the screen. So they were able to do everything very sort of old school. So it was all like in camera. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite that realistic style actually like helped them. Yeah. Give uh, so the longevity it, of the film. Yeah, it yeah, kept yeah. it looking good. Yeah. I mean, it still looks good. It still looks good. But yeah, it kept yeah. it looking looking state of the art mm. for a long time after. Uh, one of my favorite little and and they just did so much like in camera that taking advantage of you know kubrick being a genius obviously and taking advantage of knowing what the camera can perceive and what it can't 
mm-hmm. and the fact that the audience can only perceive what the camera can. Mm-hmm. So you take advantage of that and you say like, well, it, you don't have to make it look realistic in person. You just have to make it look realistic to the camera. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important thing. Yeah. So, you know, just doing things like shooting straight up from underneath yeah. so that like uh, for like zero gravity things when people are floating around their bodies are hiding the wires yeah, exactly. because you're yeah. shooting upwards. But the camera doesn't know no, the difference. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, camera, yeah. you just turn the film. Yeah, you turn the camera upside down, you turn it doesn't frame. matter. It all depends on what you do with the film. Yeah, you turn yeah. the frame and it looks like the camera's shooting straight right, on. Yeah. In fact, there's no difference. shooting straight up. Yeah. So they're hanging from wires and their bodies are covering yeah. them, are, are blocking the Camera wires. doesn't know upside down. <laughs> um, you know, a uh, similar thing would be like uh, on the ship, they have the rotating section to create mm. the artificial gravity in, the, right. in, the, yeah. in that uh, they just section. rotate the camera, and basically, what they could do is they could they basically had, um, depending on what part of the set they were on, the set was in two separate pieces, and mm. then the camera would be turning. Yeah, but it would look obviously stable because you're seeing it from the camera's point of view. Yeah, exactly. And then when they go to the other, and then the the piece, move to the other the side, piece yeah. of the set is moving, and then when they move to that piece, then you rotate the camera. It's the other way around, yeah. and the camera can never tell the difference. No. Right, so just little things like, like that. Just, just like thinking of that stuff, like yeah. being like, "Wait, how do we make this?" Well, it's not even like, it like the the first step is is like this is the effect I want, mm-hmm. and then you have to figure out yeah. how to do it. But that first step of this is the effect I want is what makes. I mean, I this could, film so I probably do a whole. Oh, we could do a whole podcast on just this on this, but I mean, um, like it, it goes on and on like that. It's it, it, and so much of this movie is just um, like the basic idea. Of before you get to how he did it, like the technical mm. side of it, yeah. uh, or the direct di- how he directed it, yeah. um, is like, oh, just come up with that basic idea was the feat in itself. Yeah. Like before you get to that, wait, how do we do that? Because people didn't think that way about, especially about like a quote unquote yeah, it was sci-fi. Just like, it's movie. just like, oh, that's good enough. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah. It was never good enough for, for Kubrick. Yeah, it was yeah, always, yeah. oh, it has uh, to be hence right. four years of the it, has, it has to be right. You yeah, know, there's exactly. no good enough. Yeah. It's, 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 it's right yeah. or it's not right. Yeah. Um, you know, even little things like, uh, another one of my favorite, um, effects things in camera effects things is, uh, there's a scene where, um, one of the characters is on the, um, the shuttle going to the space station and, um, his pen, uh, comes dislodged from his pocket and yeah. floats away while yeah. he's sleeping. And uh, you see the stewardess, because it's set up, like the shuttle's like set up like a, like a, An airplane. Like a, like a yeah, flight, like, you yeah. know, so they have like, you know, flight attendants, I mm-hmm. guess. But, you know, back then, it was in the 60s, it's their stewardesses. Yeah. Um, and uh, that, th- th- there's an interesting example of like, Maybe not so much forward thinking, <laughs> you know. Well, I'm not saying I don't remember if they called them that. No, but I'm just saying yeah, that yeah. in the context of the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. when that. But movie like came in the out, film, they are clearly were... like, oh, these are just stewardesses. Yeah, well, it's the like, same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. a cultural change. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Of what you yeah. call it? Yeah. Um, but uh, the pen is sort of floating around, and they knew that it wouldn't look like just hanging it from a wire. No, First of all, would... it would really hard to disguise the wire. You yeah. would have probably seen it. Um, but also it just wouldn't have looked very natural. Mm-hmm. Um, so what they did is they actually had a piece of clear, like, I think it was pla- glass. Yeah. That was just very, very clear glass. So the, the, the camera could not see it. Um, and uh, the pen was just stuck to the side oh. of it. And then they just moved the pane of glass they, around like out, this, Outside of, out outside somebody of outside of the camera. Outside Brilliant. Of the outside of the frame and of the camera. Did, then he could just float. Right? So the... it makes it float around very naturally. 
And then there's actually, if you look super carefully, when the stewardess comes over and plucks the pen out of the air to put it back in his pocket while he's sleeping, if you look super closely, you can see a slight little kind of hesitation or like a little pinch where she has has to pull it off off where it's stuck to the glass. But it's very slight. It's so good to really look carefully, right? But it looks great. Uh, Even things like um, they have, uh, knowing that in Without Gravity... Like uh, long hair would like float, float around everywhere. Yeah. They have the all the like stewardesses on the on the shuttles and stuff have like these sort of like um, cap sort of like bathing cap okay. kind of yeah, big yeah, big yeah. these big hats that go over. That's right. That yeah. basically restrain their hair yeah, yeah. because they knew that like obviously you couldn't do you couldn't achieve the effect of having hair floating no, around. No. There was no way to do that back then. So it was just like, well, how do we? But how, but if you showed their hair just sitting there, then you'd be like, well, that's fake because they would be floating around. Yeah. So to get the realism, they're like, oh, they would have to have like a little cap over that held the hair in, mm-hmm. you know, just stuff like that. I mean, it's just endless. Like they just thought of every little detail. Um, the only things that are sort of scientifically or factually wrong um, that they know of, I mean, obviously we're not as advanced by even now. And we certainly weren't as advanced by 2001 as they are in the film with space travel and things like that. But the thing is, is at the time space travel tech, like uh, space technology was advancing so quickly because they were putting so much money into it at, in the sixties. Um, so 2001 is kind of like space technology. If they had continued yeah. the money and advancement that they put into it in the sixties, if they just kept going in that direction, we could have been that advanced mm. by 2001 if they'd kept going, you know, but they radically cut back all the funding and stuff. Um, but yeah, um, the only two things that are wrong is um, the moon is depicted very rocky and craggy. Right. Um, yeah. Well, we hadn't been in the moon. When in actuality, it's kind of like smooth and dusty. dusty. Yeah. Um, but that's because nobody had been there yet at the time. We kind of, we knew, we knew what it looked like from telescopes, which is not yeah. quite the same thing. Yeah. As... So, so their best guess was that it would be rocky and it turned out not to be. Um, and then the other thing was, is that, uh, in this realistically rocky though. Yeah. (laughs) And then the other thing was in the scenes on the moon, um, you can see stars, which you wouldn't be able to in real life because the, the light reflecting from the earth is too bright. Yeah. It drowned out the stars, but they did that because like audiences, it didn't look right. It just didn't look right. Audiences would be confused. They'd be like, where's the stars? It just looks blank. It just, they would think it looks bad. That is, even though it was actually real. Almost all, uh, movies that have done like quote unquote realistic space stuff Mm -hmm. always have to make kavits like similar to that for various reasons because it just doesn't because you don't want to take the audience out of it you know you don't want to not make them be like hey what the big the big thing is is mostly because it doesn't look right because when you're watching a movie you have a very limited window uh field vision yeah you have like the whatever 90 degree 100 degree screen field of vision yeah. where like in real life with your peripheral vision like the the oddness of like some space visuals are fine when you're like you know like there in person mm. when you have to look at it through like the window of a camera that's when things it, it look everything starts to look a little like well, they're not in space they're on a sound stage kind of thing you know and and like you said like no stars on the moon like no, no that would just look weird like yeah. i can freely admit you would just be like but they were fully like, aware you know, of the yeah. fact that that would be, the, be case, the case and yeah they had to make that concession, that was so, that was yeah. one little like thing where it was it was yeah. a it, it was a uh, concession that they made but it was a knowledgeable concession, knowledgeable concession. they, they knew fine. better they were just like but everything else that that where like the audience could accept it they they they, they kept yeah. it real keeping it real yeah keeping it real okay uh i got about 10 minutes. So That's right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, quick, yeah, so we got some run through our, 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 uh, 
Do you have any runner-ups? Or, uh, I got or a couple, or a couple of, of films from this year that I, I like that didn't okay. make my list. Um, right. I'm not going to mention any ones that were on your list. Okay, but uh, I got uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Really enjoy Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. Um, the Sound of Music, another Julie Andrews film. Um, yeah, I'm never, I'm not familiar with it really. Like it's just one of those ones that's kind of like part of history. That's yeah. just not really mm-hmm. my thing. Uh, a favorite from my childhood. Have not seen it in many a year, but I do remember liking it. Probably doesn't hold up. Swiss Family Robinson. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, probably doesn't hold. Probably up. doesn't hold up. Uh, uh, the Italian Job. Yeah. Um, Michael Caine. Yeah, Michael Caine. Very good. Uh, and uh, the Sword in the Stone. Uh, it's a animated. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, one. Uh, ran also ran into uh, uh, Italian added... Job is probably like the Michael Caine movie I would pick for the sixties. Yeah. If Alfie didn't, yeah, exist. Alfie didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, also, yeah, I had. Alfie and yeah, I mean, it's, Bad and it's, Ugly. It's, and, it's a lot of fun. Um, also ran into a few films doing this that was like, oh yeah, I need to see that film. And, you know, threw them on my need to watch these film queue, which is always great. There's one thing I really like about doing these, like, these decade move ones is I always get to like, oh, here's a couple of films from this decade I missed. I really should see. Yeah. Mature and Candidate. <laughs> yeah, so, so like yeah. I said before, mine yeah. is kind of like the 50s. They're like runner-ups. That, yeah, yeah, that yeah. have the sort of theme to go with the, the actual selections. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, my runner-up for the number five for the, what was Mary Poppins was, uh, another 1964 movie, uh, very musically oriented. It's, uh, Hard Day's Night, the first, oh. the first of the Beatles movies. Yeah. So, um, I think a lot of times when people, I know we need to be quick here. I'll try and be, no, no, no. I'll try and be fast, but I think a lot of times when people think of like Beatles movies, they just think all oh, like kind of silly and stuff. And they think of like, I think usually they think more of help. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I think that's the it's one. It's more that... kind of big budget. It's color. It's yeah. it's more flashy. It's very sort of like a lot of antics. Help is like it's like you know if it's like the Beatles doing the monkeys yeah. almost yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. you know or it's like what the monkeys are more based off of mm-hmm. I guess would be the opposite way. Um, Hardest Night is actually more of like a quirky indie comedy. Um, it's it's a it's a, it's a weird movie. It's actually really artistic <laughs> mm-hmm. and and kind of weird, but like it's really. I mean, it's not like yellow submarine weird but <laughs> but it's really genuinely funny and, and it, it it's more along the lines of like i'd compare it to like it's like um you know it's like clerks like in terms of kevin that's smith a good, that's it's a like good clerks, comparison clerks to yeah. like mall rats you know mm-hmm. like it's 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 much lower budget and it's more kind of it's black and white it's more kind of artistic and kind of quirky right very talky you know uh, a lot less kind of flashy and silly um, it's more uh, cerebral kind of humor. Um, it's it's really good. I think people probably discount it a lot of times because they're just like, oh, the Beatles in a movie. F, that's dumb. But uh, it's actually really cool. Um, so for Alfie, uh, or for number four, which was Alfie, um, my runner-up on that was another comedy, another kind of comedy. It's comedy, but it's like, uh, again, on the darker side of comedy. Um, again, black and white, oddly. Mm-hmm. Uh, from 1964, uh, Dr. Strangelove. Yeah. Um, that, that was the one that I was surprised actually which, wasn't on your list. Well, because I only wanted one Cougar yeah, yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. want more than one Cougar film. Yeah. So, and I knew 2001 had to be it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, every film, like all the Kubrick stuff is great. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. can't go wrong. It just is what it is. So yeah, Dr. Strangelove is great. Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Yeah. As the yeah. full title That's is. That's a great film. Um, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, for three, for Psycho, um, my runner-up on this is, I guess, would go along with kind of the thriller, suspense, psychological kind of aspect. 
um, and and oddly enough, uh, mommy issues. I guess uh, it's from 1962, Manchurian Candidate. Yeah, I get. Um, which I know has been something we've talked about because you haven't seen it yet, <laughs> um, but it's awesome. Um, for my two, which was good, bad, and the ugly, my runner-up on that is uh, uh, the next Leone film, 1968's Once Upon a Time in the West, mm. uh, which these were really, 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 really close in terms of making the decision on which to actually be on the list and which to be... Because in, in many ways, I think Once Upon a Time in the West is probably actually the superior film. Um, uh, I think story wise, but I like superior film, I yeah. like the good and bad and the more. Like it's just it, it connects with me mm-hmm. more. But I think that in some ways, Once Upon a Time in the West is actually a stronger movie. Um, it's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I would highly recommend either of yeah. them. But I went with Good and Bad and the Ugly just because it's like my favorite. Yeah. But uh, Once Upon a Time in the West is amazing, and I would highly recommend it. Um, and then uh, the runner up for for number one for two thousand one, um, nowhere near as good. But still good and worthy of mention. Uh, another science fiction film, although a totally different kind of science fiction film, mm-hmm. also from the same year, from '68. It's uh, Planet of the Apes, uh, yeah. um, which is I know you love. This it's film. A, yeah, the first the first is great. Um, the sequels are like fun for what they are, but they're more like B movies. Yeah, like they're they're good, but they're they're more just kind of like oh, yeah, cool, you know, another, they're, another they're, Planet of the Apes movie. They're a bit of cash in. But the original is actually a genuinely yeah. great film, um, and it's the kind of film that should not work because when you watch it, you're it, just like, "It this should is, have been just a bad B movie is from dumb. the start." Like this yeah. makes no sense. Yeah. Like, you know, if if it's supposed to be this big uh, shock reveal at the end that it's actually on Earth, uh, yeah. then why throughout the entire movie is all the characters speaking English yeah, and like yeah. everything is just normal, you know, yeah, natural? Yeah, yeah. But it's just because that's kind of like an old fashioned kind of. You know, like old, old like movies where people would go to other planets and they would meet aliens for the first time, a, and they just speak English for no a, apparent reason. It's, it's, it's sort know, of like a, a like a Twilight it's Zone. Sort of a throwback. It's a Twilight Zone Kavit, where yeah. like like that's Absolute. not the part you're supposed to be worried about. Exactly. You know, like and, yeah, and yeah. it's like stuff like that where you're just like that makes no sense. That shouldn't work. Yeah, yeah. But it's just so well done mm. that you just don't think about it. Yeah. Until after, at least. Yeah. Um, also, great, uh, uh, very um, groundbreaking uh, kind of avant-garde musical score by Jerry Goldsmith, the legend, um, uh, which really deserves mention. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, for it's sure, just really good. No, that's good. But that's obviously, good. I mean, it's that is like it's no two thousand. It's amazing. But... That is amazing. Like, like you have basically two amazing top five lists there. Yeah, like you have like your primary and like wow. secondary is also an amazing like. That's what, and that's one of those things. And Although, this was, but to be honest, like that's there's not really much beyond that. Like that, that that's pretty much like the extent yeah. of my interest in. And I think films. this is one of those things. Like as we get more and more closer to um, when we really, modern day, when we come into the picture, uh, there's going to be more and more films every decade that we are like more familiar with. Yeah, and sussing these into a single top five is going to be difficult. Yeah, and I'm not sure what we're going to do if we're just going to have to like fucking bite down and deal with it or if we're gonna like I don't know a, a two part episode where like it'll be like episode 70 will be our top 70 episode 71 will be like here's five more films we I'm really actually, wanted to talk about I'm, I'm actually fairly um, I'm actually fairly confident about my 70s list oh you've already you're already down on because it because even though the 70s are like pretty much my favorite decade for film you have particular the ones that I think that are the best. I feel so, so strongly oh, about well, that, that's that good. I, it that's won't good. really be that hard yeah. of a list. Uh, like always, I'm going into this going. 
what films actually came out in the 70s? But, but, and then I'll look at a bunch of lists and be like, oh, right. But like, uh, the, like 100 films that I really like enjoyed. the 80s are going to be hard. Oh, the 80s are going to be... 80s and 90s are going to be... Just because... Well, we already, we've had some discussion about what the yeah, 90s, but... Yeah. Well, yeah. that's a long ways that's off. That's 20 episodes from now. We'll get, no, 30 we'll, episodes from we'll, now. We'll yeah. worry about that we'll next year. We'll worry about year. that when we get yeah. there, but yeah. yeah. So, um, I, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, please, if you've got any feedback, send in. Tell us tell us your, your favorite 60s films. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not, not going to do a recap of my top five because I pretty much just did it. Yeah, yeah. With my, yeah. With my runner ups. And uh, I mentioned yeah. each title uh, as I went. So I, I mean, I can do mine. Um, my yeah, top, just do them real quick. Yeah, my top five. Um, my number five was On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah. My number four was a tie between It's a Mad, Mad, Mad World and The Great Race. My number three was Breakfast at Tiffany's. My number two was Mary Poppins. And my number one was The Apartment. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, very very different. Uh, very list. different. It's it, you know it, that definitely it, reference. Uh, the thing is, is it's like shows our any uh, of the movies on your list could have also. Like, no, I get it. Yeah, uh, you know but it's, it's but it's where movies. It's what you lean towards. It's what you lean towards. So yeah, yeah. So uh, thanks everyone for listening this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week, episode sixty one. So we're going to be back onto the regular uh, movie train, mm-hmm. and uh, we haven't decided what we're going to do yet. But so we'll, it'll be a surprise to you as it is to us. And we're going to show up and be like, what movie did you watch? And yeah. So um, we're on Facebook. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. Uh, Enjoy, like, uh, listen, recommend, comment. (laughs) The whole whole nine yards. Uh, Yeah. So until next week, I'm Chris. Cheers. Bye-bye.